Well, the pandemic was terrible for a lot of things, but there are some statistics out there that show maybe not everything was terrible. For instance, let's talk about child poverty. We now know that child poverty rates in Canada fell big time during the pandemic. Well, why is that? And can we keep those benefits moving forward? Well, joining us now to talk about their latest 2022 poverty report card is Adrian Montani, the executive director at the First Call Child and Youth Advocacy Society. Good morning. Good morning, Simi. First off, tell me about the report card. What did you find for 2022? Uh, well, this is actually 2020 data, so it was the first year of the pandemic. So the, the stats we get are always two years behind. Uh, so it showed that there was a dramatic drop in child poverty across Canada, but also, of course, in BC as well, going from uh, the year before in 2019, it had been 18%, and then it went down to 13.3% for child poverty rate in BC. Um, so a big drop, and that we know what, what because we got a lot of statistics about the CERB and other kinds of pandemic benefits, we know that the heavy lifting that created that change was largely because of those kinds of emergency income supports, very important part of it. So have we ever seen a drop of that size before? No, <laughs> not in decades. It's gone down, you know, 2%, 4%, less, usually over 1, 1 to 2%, a um, little bit each year. It's been, it has been going down, but it's been very slow. So this is dramatic. Uh, and also we're worried because uh, we have the data in the report that the poverty rate, would say, for, without the pandemic benefits, would have been 19% in 2020. Uh, so that really made a difference. And those benefits are gone now or drying up. Right? Well, that's what I was thinking, Adrian, is that you're saying this is data that you had from 2020. And now here we are in 2023 and inflation is super high. Those pandemic supports are gone. Aren't you afraid of what yeah. those numbers are going to show? Yes, absolutely. So this uh, is a very this report for this year shows the power of giving income supports, emergency income supports and other things to uh, to families that it can lower the poverty rate. But yes, if we don't sustain, uh, if not not calling them emergency benefits, but things like the Canada Child Benefit also, if there had been no Canada Child Benefit in 2020, it also would have, the child poverty rate would have been 19%. So it's, it's important that we sustain and index those kinds of family supports because we also know that some of these uh, families, like if you were a child in a low parent family, you have a much higher risk of being poor. The, the, the rate for them was 38%, not 13 in BC. Children in lone parent families was 38%, not 13%. So how many of those supports are still there, like ones that are directed at children and families? Well, the, the Canada Child Benefit and the BC Family Benefit uh, are income supports that still are there for families. And so that's important, and that will make a difference as we go forward and look at the 2021 and 2022 and 3 data. That, that Those are crucial, but they also need to keep up with inflation or the other kinds of costs that families are facing have to go down. So child care, those investments in child care, uh, affordable housing, lowering the cost of transit for families with children or, or, with, uh, or for teens. So those all make a difference. If we lower costs, then... Uh, then it makes a difference for families, of course, as well. Adrian, do you think these numbers are a wake-up call? Because, you know, for many years, I'm sure it was hard to convince people that spending money in the right ways could put a dent in this poverty rate. Yes, I hope people, I hope we can learn this lesson, that there's a very direct, and we've got the numbers to prove it, very direct impact that we can lower, we can do this, we can lower child poverty rates in Canada and in B.C. if we 
focus our, our supports on those who need them and, and those families that need them. And we know that child poverty is really toxic for growing up for, for child health and development. It's, it's not a, a, a small issue. And so we really want to make sure that uh, families, for instance, that the families who need to work, uh, that's why single parent family, you know, uh, the, the poor children in BC in that year, 59% of them lived in single parent families. That tells us something too. How do we target and make sure that you know single earner families, for instance, have the the support they need, the income support they need, and good wages? Because yeah. most of these children live in families with, whose parents are working, either in precarious jobs or low wage jobs. Are you also concerned about the long term implications of this almost like roller coaster ride that these kids have been on too, where they had supports during the pandemic that helped their family? Then those supports were, you know, some of them were gone. They also had to deal with. Um, you know, learning online during this time. And that was, we know that that created inequality too. Like it just seems to be up and down. And now I'm sure their families' budgets are being squeezed again. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially with inflation as it is now and the cost of housing and the cost of food going up. So yes, this is a really difficult time for families to try and keep stability. Uh, and, and the things that, you know, every family wants their child to eat well and to get the uh, kind of access to education that they need and that kind of thing. So it, it has been, I am worried, and we are worried, and I think lots of people are trying to study what was the impact of the social isolation uh, that families uh, experienced during the pandemic, that kind of thing, for sure. Uh, but income support, income security makes such a huge difference because it's just an enormous stress if you can't afford good, good food and you can't afford your rent. Yeah, what, what's the message from you today, from your organization, especially to governments? Uh, pay attention <laughs> to, to what's happening for children. Read our report. Uh, look at our 25 recommendations in here. Take to heart these statistics that show the power of supporting families and, and that we can lower the poverty rate and we could even do better. So in, during that time, 90% of, just for BC, 90% of families with children in BC got some kind of provincial pandemic benefit. Uh, and so you think about, it wasn't that big of a, of a cost to government. Uh, or to us as a society to do that. And that, that produced an almost 5% drop in the poverty rate. So let's look at what we could be doing for those families on income assistance. Let's make sure the rate or disability assistance, make sure they're, they're much, uh, they, they come up at least to the poverty line. Let's make sure childcare is affordable so families can go to work and afford to work. So there's all those, uh, and, and build affordable housing for renters. Um, so this, and, and look at the particular groups for instance, we know that uh, we didn't have a lot of data for, for First Nations on reserve poverty, only 59 reserves in, for 2020, but they had a 29% poverty rate. So it was mm-hmm. higher for them. So let's target also, uh, pay attention to not just the overall statistics, but which, which families are faring the worst. Adrian, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you, Simi. Very much appreciate it.